You are listening to the Cut to the Corn podcast, your homegrown cast over everything Husker football. I'm Aaron, joined by Nolan. Uh, last week we wanted to preview Wisconsin, but unfortunately that game was canceled. Now Wisconsin's canceled another game, and if they cancel another game, uh, they won't be eligible for the Big Ten championship game, so it kind of opens up things in the Big Ten West a little bit. What are your thoughts on the whole Wisconsin situation? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, getting right into it, it just kind of shows that they don't really want to play, it seems like. Um, <laughs> the fact that these reports are coming out that they might just be looking to end their season now and call it quits doesn't really show me that they're trying to do anything to uh, counteract the COVID cases and um, you know, people are saying they're staying safe and being smart about it, but yet again, they were the ones that contracted the cases while all the other teams are being safe and, you know, holding their team to under a certain amount of cases. So, I mean, technically it was their fault in the first place that they got into that situation, but I don't know. It, it, it would be a lot more interesting, in my opinion, um, if uh, they did kind of just lay down their weapons and let someone else have the West because um, – they would have had a really easy run to the Big Ten Championship, in my opinion, uh, if they just play these last six games, or I guess five more that they would have. I mean, they would make the Big Ten Championship six out of six times. Um, and who are they supposed to play this week? They're supposed to play Purdue, right? Purdue. Which, I mean, Purdue, 2-0. and And then the next game, I believe, good. is Michigan. I think they play Michigan mm. next week, which, I mean, if they I, – I guess they could could lose that one. Probably but, not. Yeah, Michigan's not looking great. Yeah, I don't know. But I, it's just interesting. I, I, I think it would be cool to see the West and how it plays out because you have um, you have some teams that you didn't think that would be up there in Northwestern um, and Purdue giving a run for their money. Well, teams like Iowa and Minnesota are starting out 0-2. Um, and then you have a team like Nebraska who's 0-1. Um, but, it, you know, the possibilities are endless. And if they win out, then they win the division. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, that's easier said than done. But um, from what it's seen, from what we have seen from every team that we have left on the schedule so far, it doesn't look out of the picture. Yeah, every game's winnable, I think. Because I think going into the Penn State and Ohio State, we just kind of marked them down. And Wisconsin, really, everyone's like, well, we're just going to lose that. Yeah. But at the same time, so far this football season, like, it's just been chaos. I didn't think Texas was going to beat Oklahoma State. Yeah. I didn't think – you know, a lot of things would happen. South Carolina beat Auburn. <laughs> it's weird. It, it's like, I don't know why, but for some reason this year in the Big Ten at least, it's just Ohio State and then everyone else follows mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what orders below them. Um, but that's the weird thing is it's not only in the Big Ten. Like, every team has lost in the Big 12. SEC, there's one undefeated team remaining. Um and it, it's weird, to be honest. Like, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense, but it does open up a lot of possibilities for the college football playoff here. Um, and so it's like, obviously, I think everyone has the same three teams in the playoff, uh, being Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Uh, but then it does open up a huge argument for that fourth spot mm-hmm. um, because it's it's like it's crazy because – I mean, if someone like Georgia was to get in, they would have to beat Alabama in the SC Championship because I don't see them taking a two-loss Georgia in. Um, well, yeah. There's going to be a lot of undefeated. There's probably going to be at least one undefeated Pac-12 team. But then mm-hmm. you, you say um, maybe Notre Dame beats Clemson this weekend because Clemson doesn't have Trevor Lawrence. Sure. Um, but then Clemson comes back and destroys them in, in the ACC Championship. 
does Notre Dame get a spot as a, uh, a or vice a, versa? A, you exactly. know, Clemson. Yeah. Or as a does Notre Dame get a spot as a one loss team over someone like um, Oregon or USC that could possibly run the table? Um, I think the big tw- the Big Twelve is already probably out of it. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't I, think they'll put Oklahoma State, which would be their best option for a team. Right. They wouldn't the put them over um, in Oregon, even if. Even if uh, I don't know, they wouldn't put him over in Oregon or if Oregon goes Dame. undefeated, they're not going to put Oklahoma State as a one loss. Yeah, it's they, over I mean, way. there's no quality wins right now just because right. of all of the Big Twelve is te- or yeah, Big Twelve is terrible. Right. <laughs> well, and I think there's a serious argument to be made uh, for Cincinnati because honestly, they looked good on defense against a really offensive heavy, heavy league. Obviously, their offense hasn't had to go against very good defenses, but at the same time. You look across the country, if ACC, if the ACC, like Clemson and Notre Dame both lose, uh, raises some questions. Uh, obviously, the SEC and the Big Ten probably have a really good shot of getting a team in. But outside of that, this is a year where there were no out-of-conference games. Like mm-hmm. last year, you had – like we would have had Ohio State-Oregon. Yeah. That would have been a good measuring stick to see how the conferences kind of stacked up. You know, last year, you had Oregon play Auburn. That kind of gave people an idea – but this year, there was none of that. So, exactly. like, why not give a group of five team a chance? Exactly. Um, and that's the interesting thing. And I definitely think that um, if something like that happens with Cincinnati and they don't get in, then that's going to be a huge argument for an eight-team playoff. Not yeah. saying it'll ever happen. But, like, that would basically just show everyone, like, okay, it's just impossible for these guys to get right, in. Right, right. Like, exactly. If, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, beats everyone by 20 points, 30 points, um, and then they still don't get in over, say, an Oregon team. Because I think if Oregon goes 7-0, mm-hmm. uh, their six conference games, and then their, the Pac-12 championship, they get in over Cincinnati, who's going to go. Probably. What, 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 how many games are they playing? Like 12, I think? Or yeah, like 10 or something they play like, like a pretty much a full schedule. Yeah, and I still think Oregon gets in over that, and that would just make a lot of people mad and probably raise some questions about if this playoff system is fair for every team. Um, you know, same thing as UCF uh, three years ago. And I think Cincinnati even has a stronger case because I think the yeah. argument against UCF was they couldn't stop anybody. They gave up 42 points they to South Florida. They gave up like Memphis. 50 to Memphis. Yeah. And here you see Memphis, they've been putting up points this year. Cincinnati held them to 10 points. So their defense, I mean, I don't know if it's championship level, yeah. but it's good enough to probably compete at the highest level. Mark because they, they're not really playing anyone that mm-hmm. – like that's the hard thing is with no non-conference schedules, you can't rate like opponents. Like mm-hmm. you like say last year when uh, Oregon played Auburn, right, in mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, it was a good teller for the end of the year because then like at the end of the season you could come back and check, say, okay, will this team beat this non-conference team in, here? So then that win means a little more than that. But sure. with – no non-conference games you can't measure conference versus conference so it's going to be super hard and honestly there's probably not going to be a right decision for this this fourth team unless like cincinnati loses byu loses uh everyone else loses other than like oregon Mm -hmm. i I feel like some people are still going to complain if if oregon gets put in over like a two loss georgia for some reason yeah it's like no one's going to be satisfied with this fourth spot yeah, I think the most likely scenario is probably an undefeated Pac-12. Yeah. Maybe Notre Dame if they lose to Clemson mm-hmm. or, you know, then come back and win the ACC title or vice versa. So, like, a second ACC team. Yeah. Or second SEC team maybe if 
say Georgia wins this weekend, Alabama runs the table, Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game, which seems unlikely right now. But yeah. uh, I think that's the way they would probably lean. But you can't tell me right now if Cincinnati was in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 that they're not winning that conference. Like They look like they could beat Oklahoma State by 20 points. Yeah, exactly. And that's what kind of frustrates me is like why are they even – you know, why are they even in this division, mm. which I think is the way it's trending. Yeah. They're going to have their own playoff. What uh, what are the, do you think are going to be the four seeds of the the, peop- the t- four teams getting in? So you have you have Clemson, Alabama, o- Ohio State, and Cincinnati. What mm-hmm. are you going to rank them, one through four? I, I would say right now Alabama probably looks like the best team. Um, Clemson, once they get Tre- Trevor Lawrence back. I mean, honestly, one through three, it's really hard yeah. to decide. I think Ohio State. We'll have a lot more – Ohio State and Alabama have a lot more quality wins than Clemson. Now, if Clemson mm-hmm. comes out and this uh, DJ Ugalele guy, whatever his last how, – however you pronounce his last Ugalale. name. Ugalale. If he comes out and he balls out and their defense shows up to play and beats Notre Dame by 20, yeah. we don't know how good Notre Dame really is. But at the same time, that would be a huge win. I would say by the end of the year, I think the, the committee is going to be partial to Alabama beating uh, Georgia – and Alabama's. possibly them again or Florida in the SEC title game. And then if somehow Auburn goes into that game with them uh, only having two losses, Auburn might be in the top 15. If they win that one, you know, that's like three or four top 15 wins. They'll probably be number one. Yeah, I think Ohio State should probably be number two. Uh, they've already beaten Penn State. They'll have to beat Indiana. Indiana looks pretty good. Um, and then they'll have to beat whoever comes out of the West, which – They'll probably be in the top 20, maybe, yeah. you know, depending on how everything shakes out. Um, but I think Clemson's probably the three seed based on schedule again this year. And then for my fourth team, I'm going to go ahead and pick Cincinnati. I'm I'm pulling for the Bearcats. <laughs> oh, boy, he's a Bearcat guy here. One of our <laughs> one of our friends is going to like that pick. He's yeah, family yeah. up in Cincinnati, but – uh yeah i think that's definitely possible it's just i mean last week i would have put oklahoma state in at my four i mm-hmm. thought they, they would run the table and one week later they didn't so i mean uh my prediction right now is probably going to change next week but for what i have it right now i have alabama one um they just look like the most well-rounded team in the nation ohio state at two if they can get that run game going mm-hmm. uh, i think they can be a real threat but i haven't seen enough of that run game out of them so far um and then three i'm going to go oregon um, I think that they'll probably run the Pac-12 just based on talent and mm-hmm. uh, not having a terrible coach uh, like right. USC. Um, <laughs> and then four, I'm going to have Clemson. And I think Clemson, uh, like I said, this is probably why my prediction is going to change next week. But for some reason, I have a hunch that Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson this weekend without Trevor Lawrence. And then I think Clemson comes back. Uh, and then beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship mm-hmm. with Trevor Lawrence, and then they get in that spot over Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's a five seed. Um, but like I said, Clemson's probably going to end up winning, and I'm going to have a different top four next week, but that's how I have it right now. That's how I'm booking it. Well, and so it's there's still a lot to work out, obviously, and it's it's going to be – we're not really going to have a good picture until really after this weekend you get Florida, Georgia – and then Clemson, Notre Dame will have a better idea kind of how everybody stands on their respective conferences. Uh, let's hone in a little bit. This weekend, Nebraska has a huge game against Northwestern. We didn't think this – we thought this was going to be the easy game out of the first four. Well, now it's like 
this is like kind of a, almost a must win. Now it's like the only game. Now it's baseball. yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Like we haven't played yet. It's like okay, we go into Ohio State. It's fun. We get sixty minutes of football, but everyone knows we're gonna lose, and then we don't get our game against Wisconsin. So everyone is actually looking forward to, mm-hmm. and I guess we get Penn State next week. But it doesn't even feel like we've played football yet, really. Still feels like a really good measuring stick game right now. The line is yeah. three and a half, so slightly over a field goal. Northwestern's the favorite at home. Uh, you got two teams that this is going to be a short game, I think, um, in terms of time. Like, everyone's going to want to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, two great rushing offenses. Right now, Northwestern leads the conference in rushing yards. Nebraska's third. Um, and Nebraska ran the ball really efficiently, too, against, I mean, a pretty stout Ohio State defense. You saw them against Penn State. Yeah. Penn State had major problems blocking Ohio State. Wait, so they State. have the third highest rushing average? Yeah, yards per game. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Wait, Northwestern's one? Yeah, Northwestern leads the Big Ten in yards per game. Also, now they played Maryland. Yeah. It, and that then Iowa. Iowa, you know, lost a couple good defenders. So it's hard to say okay. for sure how good, you know, Northwestern's rushing offense is. I would say third for us in the Big Ten, that's probably pretty accurate. That'll probably stay pretty stable. I mean, we played Ohio State, and yeah. we ran the ball for over 200 yards. And I don't think that that marker's really a good teller for Northwestern. Right. I think that I don't even I think that they'll probably be about mid pack for rushing, but mm-hmm. you gotta realize that they played Maryland who made us feel like Clemson last year. Right. Um when we didn't even beat um non power five teams by more mm-hmm. than fifteen points. We beat them by fifty. Um and then they played Iowa in which they ran the ball sixty times. They had 60 rushes against Iowa. Right. And it was only for 2.4 yards a carry um, for 143 yards. So it is kind of a spoiled stat because they just ran the ball so dang much against Iowa. Um, But yet again, I am probably more scared about their run attack than their pass offense. I think Northwestern, that's typically what you'd be more afraid of. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty balanced, though, because our our front seven is definitely better than our cornerbacks, at least from Uh what we've seen from the Ohio State game. Again, like you said, it's not a great teller. I think this is going to be a good teller game, but... um, Ohio State looked a little rusty, too, maybe a little bit running the ball. Had to replace J.K. Dobbins. Hard to say. Northwestern, uh, they lead the 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 Big Ten and stopping the run again mm. played Maryland Maryland you know couldn't really do much of anything Iowa you know more tending to run the ball especially uh, with their quarterback gone you know a quarterback threw three interceptions against Northwestern they probably should have ran the ball even more but uh, Iowa maybe not a great teller either uh, so Northwestern right now leading the Big Ten and stopping the run but you know, not really great measuring stick. This will be a good measuring stick for both teams because both teams look good at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. The both teams look good running the ball. So I think this is definitely going to be whoever wins the line of scrimmage. That's what's going to decide this game and possibly turnovers. Uh, this field goal game possibly too. Yeah, going off that, um, I think Northwestern's offense isn't very good in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um but their defense is pretty dang solid. I mean, they scored 21 points against Iowa, but that was when Iowa's quarterback threw three interceptions and kind of just gave them the ball with good field position. Um, so my keys to the game are um, time of possession. If we can really run the clock out, um, because we're both going to be running the ball. So if you have more time of possession in that sense, then 
you'll be having longer drives. And that's the second point is not stalling super early. Um, that's what killed us against Ohio State, and that's what's killed us for three years straight is when we have these um, – when we have two offensive possessions in a row where we just basically go three and out or like mm -hmm. one first down and three and out, we stall, we give up good field position and then they go down and score. And then it, it, it's just runs that we let people go on. Right. And I want to see more consistency out of the offense. And mm -hmm. even if we're not scoring as many points, still pushing the ball down the field and trying to pin them deep because now we have a pretty good putter that can boot it. Um, we just need to limit the amount of times that, you know, we're punting from our own 20-yard line. If, right. we, if we're punting from midfield, it's whatever. At least we can pin him, and I can rely on our defense to not let him go 95 yards. Sure. Um, but, yeah, if, like you said, if we can stop turnovers, if we can uh, limit the penalties, which I think that we will. They were just a lot of stupid penalties against Ohio State, mm -hmm. um, in addition to uh, really controlling the, the time of possession. I think that that would be the three keys to victory against Northwestern. Tangenting off of your time of possession, um, Nebraska did not do a good job uh, stopping Ohio State on third down. Now, yep. time of possession, uh, field position game, third down, field position, time of possession, you know, line of scrimmage, all those things kind of go hand in hand. And mm -hmm. I think getting off the field on third down will be easier against Northwestern than it was against Ohio State because – they have they had Justin Fields, but at the same time we were kind of getting behind the sticks. They had a lot of third and ones, a lot of third and threes, a lot of third and shorts, and they even converted a couple fourth downs. Um, but so I'm, my key to the game is getting ahead uh, of the sticks on defense, setting up for a lot of third and longs where we can mm -hmm. kind of get downhill, rush the passer. We rushed the passer, you know, fairly well against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. You know, Penn State didn't really have much success rushing the passer either. Um, but against Ohio State. So my key to the game is setting up for a lot of third and longs on defense, getting off the field on those, and then, you know, making up some ground and field position, not even necessarily having to score each time, just getting the ball, a couple first downs each drive, you know, make them start at least at the 20, you know. Yeah, and then that also goes hand in hand with taking care of the ball. Yeah. We're going to run the ball a lot, which tends to make me think, oh, you know, they're not going to be a lot of turnovers. Well, we fumbled it twice against Ohio State. So, ball security. I, yeah, I do ball I do security. hope we see a little less of the quarterback runs this week uh -huh. um, yeah. because I, I truly think that we're a better team than Northwestern. Um, Got to get Mills but going. But I don't think that we ran with our running backs enough. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we just feed them the ball, you know, still run with the quarterback. But, I mean, they mm -hmm. ran the ball 20 times a game. Like, they ran the ball 20 times against Ohio State. If, mm -hmm. like, and those were the two fumbles, was yeah, McCaffrey and Martinez. Martinez, yep. yeah. So, it's – I mean, if we can limit that and just hand the ball to our actual running backs a little more, I'd like to see that. But then still, you know, pose the option of, hey, our quarterbacks can both um, run it whenever they want. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a big test because all three of, uh, Northwestern's linebackers are really great players. Chris Bergen, Patty Fisher, and Blake Gallagher. Um, they can buy for 34 tackles against Iowa. That's definitely the strong point of this Northwestern defense. Getting um, to the second level on the blocks. Exactly. And that's going to be the tough guys. thing. Um, that's a, that's a really nice thing when you, uh, have good linebackers on a team mm -hmm. is that helps both the run and the pass. If you had like great cornerbacks, it's like, okay, well, they'll stop the pass a little bit but they can still just run the ball linebackers in a sense they are they can they're the ones that basically limit big runs mm -hmm. um, and they're also the ones that you know cover the middle of the field and these these short type plays that nebraska likes to run uh for their pass off their pass offense so um if we can find a way to penetrate the linebackers and um 
really uh, get downfield with our linemen and try to do some secondary blocks that uh, are super efficient on the Northwestern defense. I think we can put up a lot of points, but yeah, it's going to come to how we play against these linebackers, I think. Well, and so what what would you like to see? You mentioned running the ball maybe a little less with the quarterbacks. What would you kind of like to see as a carry distribution? Maybe 10 times for Martinez, maybe 15 to 20 for Mills, maybe get Tompkins, you know, 5 to 10 touches. And he looked good in the passing game too, you know, whatever, you know, throw it to him, run it with him, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but how much do you think we're going to see in McCaffrey too? Is what I'm I think we'll see about. him. I think we'll see him a decent amount. The fact that they didn't bring him out just for one or two possessions against Ohio State and we brought him out for about half of them is a big mm-hmm. teller that we want to involve this guy in our offense throughout the entire year. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think he is going to be out there a lot. Um, but it's also going to be a help of Omar Manning being confirmed to play, and the, uh, apparently they're going to try to play the freshman a little more. Um, it's going to help having that height because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you have Wandell and Levi Fallick and Cade Warner, it's – you don't really get a lot of height advantage, so you can't really play that deep ball super consistently because all three of them are also not fast. More um, quick than fast, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, with those younger guys that are more like 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", frame, um, and a little bit more speedy, we'll be able to push the ball downfield a little more and be able to be more of a vertical threat um, to try to push those safeties back. And then once we do that, we can just try to play numbers game and really pound the rock the rest of the game. Yeah, and I think... You know, if we can take the top off, you know, even just for a 30 or 40 yard pass once a half, mm-hmm. you know, I think it can be done. Northwestern really hasn't been tested that way. Yeah. And they didn't have to play Ohio State like we did. We got the top taken off a couple times. We know that. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. You know, I think we'll try and set up the run first. But if we start running the ball well, you know, you get into maybe a second and three from the Northwestern you know, 40-yard line, do mm-hmm. we take a shot? Oh, do we yeah. take a shot? I love taking shots on uh, second and short. Uh-huh. That's That will be the time. Or, or even a first and 10, you know, kind of just past midfield. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see us once a quarter, you know, just I mean, try and take one. When we're running the ball for six yards a carry against right. Ohio State, that's a great teller. I mean, that really tells you, hey, on average, I can – throw the ball downfield on first down and if it's an incomplete pass i can still just run the ball twice in a row and on average i'm going to get it right like i mean obviously like statistically speaking that's not what every coach would be thinking but when you're rushing six yards a carry against ohio state that's definitely in scott and uh matt lubick's minds that uh you know it's it's definitely possible to where uh since the run was working so well that we can definitely just open up this pass defense and be a little more confident in it so I think we kind of can agree this game kind of be one at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know, who can hit maybe a couple big plays, a couple turnovers. We'll probably decide the game. Special teams is always kind of a wild card, too. You know, with us under Scott Frost, our special teams have been a yeah. little bit up and down. You know, if someone can return a kick for a touchdown or a punt, block a punt, uh, that could be the good. difference. Yeah, that's true. Our special teams did look more solid. And I think we're- he had, like, two 50-yard punts against Ohio State. And he pinned them deep a couple times, yeah, too, didn't he? it was we? like a 45-yard yeah. average or something like that, but then he had two 50-plus punts. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see, like, indefinite. I didn't break it down, like, how, like, where he was on each punt. But mm-hmm. I don't know if we had a 50-yard punt all last year. Like, that's yeah. that's awesome. And I just realized we're wearing the same shirt, and that's... <laughs> I realized that, too. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, well... But, uh, what do you got for a game prediction? Yeah, getting down right to it, um, you know, I think Nebraska's going to find some success on the ground. I don't think Northwestern's, although they've 
not giving up very many rush yards. I don't think it's probably their rush defense is quite as good as Ohio State's. Say we run for about 200, 250 yards. Ooh, and love to see that. And I think, you know, we're going to see Martinez try and stretch the ball down the field a couple times, try and get him outside the pocket, maybe hit some, you know, deep crossing routes or something, you know, get a little more creative than we did against Ohio State because it kind of looked like we're playing to not lose by, mm-hmm. you know, 50. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say Nebraska 27, Northwestern 24. I think we take care of the ball a little bit better. I don't think, you know, you know, it used to be kind of when Martinez would put the ball in the air, we kind of got afraid. He didn't really look – I mean, he threw the ball about 20 times, I think, and, you know, there weren't really any passes where you were like, what was that, you know? Mm. And it was clear that uh, we were trying to protect him from those such plays, but – I don't think Northwestern's defense really is as scary as Ohio State's. I think we're going to be a lot more aggressive. And I think, you know, we had a couple big plays downfield. I think we take care of the ball. I think we come out with a victory. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to be on the same track a little bit. Um, it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage, like you said, uh, if we can really attack those linebackers. Um, in addition to wearing the clock out, if we can have these long drives and, you know, even if we stall because we're going to eventually stall on a couple drives, if we – if we can at least push the ball down a little a little farther and not give them, um, you know, the ball at midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we do a pretty dang good job of that. Um, we probably – I think we go up early and then they come back and then we fight them off uh, and win 23-20. to 20. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I think Northwestern gets a couple freebies off turnovers from us. Um, but then the rest of the game, their offense doesn't do a whole lot and our defense plays decently well. And then our offense uh, kind of shows what they have in the past, where they can drive and looks like they can score points about every drive, but then just mistakes, penalties, and turnovers kind of cost them a little bit on the on the stat sheet. But I do think we come out with the dub this weekend. And I please really no thirteen to ten game. Please. I, I really hope we do though, because it's been so long since Nebraska's won a football game. It has been. And a I'm while. ready for it. It has been a while. Yeah. Kind of forget that late start to the season, you know, we lost at the end of last year. So we'll see, you know, it'll be a close game. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Northwestern, certainly not someone you should look past. 2-0, and you know, looked great against Maryland. Maryland turned around, beat Minnesota. Now Minnesota, clearly just not very good. But still at the same time, you beat Maryland by 40 points. It's kind of a teller that, you know, they're probably pretty decent. Um, and they beat Iowa, which, you know, who knows if we can beat Iowa. I don't know. (laughs) So we'll just have to see how it plays out on the field. Kind of like the election. We'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) We'll know in about one week. Yeah. Nevada's over here just one, two, three, but yeah. Yeah, they don't teach counting very well. Yeah, they're like, we're just going to take a couple-day break. This was We put in vacation days, actually, for here. So That's what I said. They're all down in Vegas, (laughs) all all the – uh, pole counter people are all exactly. in Vegas betting on football games and getting getting tipsy. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you all for tuning into this episode. If you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at Cut to the Corn. And other than that, uh, that's all we got for you. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, be celebrating in the booth to a Nebraska victory. Go be red, boys. Go be red.